0: If you want to turn your band into a lean, mean, touring machine, you're in the right place. Now, let's get this show on the road. It is time for another episode of the Bandhive Podcast. My name is James Cross, and I'm doing yet another solo episode this week, going to talk about common booking mistakes. Before we jump into it, though, I just wanted to say this episode drops on March 8th of 2022, which happens to be my 29th birthday. So happy birthday to me. I hope you're all having a great day. And if I had the budget for you, I would send some amazing vegan baked goods to every single listener. But because I can't do that, just going to say, hey, thank you for being part of the Bandhive journey. It's super cool to have such an amazing audience who wants to learn how to grow their band as a business. And that makes me really happy. So, Thank you for being along for the ride, and uh, if we ever meet up in person, I will do my best to get you some vegan pastries and uh, deliciousness. But that's not what we're here to talk about today. Instead, we are going to talk about common booking mistakes, because I see a lot of bands who want to play more shows, and I'm assuming that's you too, right? You want to play more shows, yeah? Well, it takes a lot of effort, as you figured out by now, and if you're like me, it's one of the things you dread most. Booking is just not fun. It is awesome always a drag. I've honestly never booked a show and said, oh, this was fun and easy. I've enjoyed booking shows from the promoter side of things, but as an artist, it is, oh, it's is—it's like getting teeth pulled. And especially there's some some things that can go wrong that are pretty common, unfortunately. So for example, we've all had that one promoter who takes forever to reply emails, if at all, or a local band who flaked out at the last minute, which you just had like that perfect lineup. And then the band bails and it sucks. And the show just ends up flopping. Those are never fun. Or this one's happened to me, unfortunately. The uh, venue we were going to play in Boston a while back, they got shut down by the city just a few days before the show was supposed to happen, which meant scrambling to find a new venue ensued, which didn't happen. So we lost a show on that tour. It was just a weekend tour, but still it was no fun. Yeah, not a good time the good news is that most of these situations and many other situations that can come up while you're on the road are avoidable for the most part. The question is, what do we do? And really, it comes down to avoiding some key mistakes, because if these situations are happening, it's typically a sign that we ignored some red flags or made a mistake along the way. That's not to say, though, that if a show does go sideways, it's your fault. It's just kind of, you know, observe the red flags and these will be less likely to happen. So in this episode, I'm going to share my top five biggest mistakes to avoid when you're booking shows. And the first one, it's low-hanging fruit. This one's super easy. This mistake is just not asking other bands who they prefer to work with in their home market. So let's say I want to play Boston. Before I reach out to any venues, unless I have an existing relationship with somebody I know and trust there, I'm going to hit up Local bands that I know and ask them who they like to play with. You know, like, do they enjoy playing with XYZ Promoter? Who do they recommend? Same for venues. Like, where would they prefer to play? What's the best venue to play in the specific size that you're looking for? And by all means, get details. Ask how often they've played at that venue or worked with that promoter and what they like about it. And most importantly, what they don't like. A lot of bands will tell you the good stuff and they'll just kind of leave out the bad stuff unless there's something really cringy that they want you to know about. So it's always better to get the full scoop and give them little prompts to get the necessary information out of them. It's really useful and can help you avoid bad promoters and bad venues quite easily, really, if you do your due diligence before you're reaching out to anyone. The next thing is ignoring an artist's flaky past. So if you want to add locals to your lineup, it's a lineup that you have control over. It's not you know, like the, the promoter or venue building the lineup, before you invite a band to the show, go through their social media for the last year or so, look at all the shows they announced and see how many of those they actually played. Obviously with COVID, if it was canceled for COVID reasons, there's nothing you can really do about that. And it just, it is what it is. Covid aside, an artist should not be canceling more than 1 to 2 shows a year tops. Like that's already a bit of a red flag. But if they've canceled more than 1 to 2 shows a year, skip them and choose somebody else. It's not worth working with them. They are flaky. Again, Covid cancellations aside, if somebody cancels for Covid, that's absolutely valid and I support that decision. Like it's always better safe than sorry. Number 3 is booking venues without doing any research into the venue for how long they've been established, what other bands think of them, that kind of stuff. And this really ties into the first mistake, but also goes a little more in-depth. So once you've asked friends who they recommend, and they've given you some venues, look up those venues. I like to use Indie on the Move. They have reviews from artists. Also read the venue's website and see just how legit and put together does the venue look. Like If it's a dive bar and it's brand new, okay are they going to be around? But if they've been around for five or 10 years or more, they're probably not going anywhere because they're an established business. And I forget the statistic, but it's something like 80% of all new hospitality businesses, so restaurants and bars, close within the first three years. So if a business is brand new, I would typically view that with uh, a little more skepticism when I'm booking a show than if they've been around for a decade. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying don't play venues that are newer, but tread with caution and kind of have a backup plan in mind, just because if the venue's not backed by a good promoter who's respected in the scene, you might not be able to find another show last minute. Or even if there is a good promoter, maybe you can't find something else because all the other venues are booked by the time the city shuts down the venue or the venue runs out of money or whatever, just a couple days before your show is uh, set to take place. Number four This is a big mistake that I see a lot of artists make when they are desperate, and it's booking the first show you find, and it's because it's the only show that that artist can find. You don't want to do that. If you get turned down for a bunch of shows and have to go with a last resort promoter or venue, it might be better just to skip that market, or you can try to book a show for a different night with a better venue if they have availability at that time. With this, you just have to keep in mind that it reflects badly on you if the venue is awful or the show gets canceled. Even if it's beyond your control, your fans want to enjoy the show. And if they can't because it gets canceled or something's wrong with the venue, their attitude towards you might sour. And that's not something you ever want to have happen. So even if it's beyond your control, you always want to be looking out for your fans and give them the best experience possible. That's absolutely something you have to do without compromise. I've seen this at smaller levels. I've seen this at bigger levels. One thing that I don't personally like House of Blues does this is they let fans into the show earlier if that fan has eaten at the House of Blues restaurant or bought House of Blues merch. It's a longstanding policy. They've been doing it for, I don't even know how long, but quite some time, over a decade at least. Most artists just say, yeah, whatever. But I have seen some artists go up and say, no. Our fan club gets in first, then the regular line. We're not letting your people skip the line because that's not fair to the people who are in line for 10 hours all day or something like that. And at smaller venues, it's the same thing. You know, maybe the venue, like the bathrooms don't have a door and people don't feel comfortable with that. I've seen one venue with that where, um, you know, like the guys could go in, duck around the corner, no big deal. But women were not comfortable going into the bathroom at that venue. Like I can understand that. Look out for your fans. Make sure there's nothing sketchy going on at the venue and uh, don't play venues that don't seem legit. It's just not a good idea. If there is a red flag there, don't ignore it. And if it's the venue of last resort, just say, hey, no, we're going to skip this market or we're going to try a different night and get a better venue. We're not going to accept this show because it's the only show we can find. Doesn't matter. We're not playing it. Now, number five, not following up. This is absolutely the biggest mistake that I see artists don't want to bother people. And that's great. Like, I'm not against that. Not bothering people is really good. And being self-aware about bothering people is really valuable, especially in the music industry. But what's not good is sending one email and then never following up. Honestly, if you want to book a show, you absolutely need to follow up. There's no way around it because promoters and talent buyers are so overloaded in their inbox, they are going to miss your email at some point. So here's a quick rundown of how I suggest follow-up. Now note, this is for cold emails, meaning you've never talked to this person before. You send them an email saying, this is the show we want at this venue on this date. Here are our links. Here's a live video. Link it. Don't attach it. Never attach anything that can get flagged by spam filters and stuff like that. And just tell them what you want and why they should book you. Keep it to a couple paragraphs. You don't want it to be super long. You want them to be able to read it and reply quickly. You don't want them to have to ask a bunch of follow-up questions. You just want to give them the necessary information. Three days after you send that first email, if you haven't heard anything back, follow up. But give a reason. Don't just say, hey, I'm checking in. Everybody hates that. Instead, if you've put out, let's say, a new live video, I think live videos are really great for booking shows because... That way the promoter can see what you look like when you perform live, how the crowd reacts, all that kind of stuff. So you could say, hey again, we just dropped a new live performance video and we wanted to send it your way because it shows what our show is like. So if you have a chance, check it out and please let us know if we can book a show for this date at your venue. When you do this though, do it as a reply to the original email. Do not ever start a new thread because then they're gonna to have to find the original email and it's just, no, you don't want them to have to do that. Then, if this first follow-up doesn't get a response, wait one week. After that one week, see if the venue lists a phone number. If they do, call them and ask for the person you've been emailing or if you don't know the name of the person you've just been emailing like a booking at venue address, ask for the booking department. If that person is not available, Ask the person on the phone to confirm the best email address for booking shows. And when you do this, don't say, Oh, is booking at venue the right email address? Ask them to give you the email address. Because if you say, Oh, is booking at the right address, they're just going to say yes. But if you say, Oh, could you please let me know what the best email address for booking is, then they're going to have to either tell you what it is and they know it or they're going to have to find out for you. And that way, you can get the absolute best information and they're not just going to say yes to whatever you say on the phone, even if that's not necessarily the best email. If it's a different email than what you had, send your cold pitch to that email right away. And if it's the same one, then that's great. You've been emailing the right person and they're just ignoring you or they've been busy or on vacation or something like that. But either way, now you know exactly which email to use. And sorry, millennials, but picking up the phone is a necessary evil in this case. It will help you book more shows. On the other hand, if the venue doesn't list a phone number, just send them another email follow-up. Again, don't say anything like just checking in. Give them a reason to reply. Tell them some new piece of information. If you still don't get a reply after your call or email, wait a week and then follow up one more time. This is going to be the third and final follow-up. In this follow-up, you're going to do things a little differently. You're not going to be mean or aggressive, but you want to mention that this is your last follow up and you're going to try looking somewhere else. So something along the lines of, hey, so and so, we would really love to book your venue for this date, but it seems that you're not interested in booking the show or maybe you have another show that night. No hard feelings if it doesn't work out, but I wanted to follow up one last time. If we don't hear back from you, we'll try somewhere else in the city and won't bother you again, but we wanted to thank you for your time in reading this email. Simple, if this last follow up doesn't get a response, that's fine, call it a day and pursue other options in the market. But by saying this is the last follow up, sometimes you will hook them and they will reach back out to you. Not always, it's not a guarantee, nothing in life is guaranteed, but it's worth a shot. And I've seen this work for quite a few shows. So take my advice here. On your last follow up, tell them it's your last follow up because you will increase your chances of hearing back. Otherwise, they think you're just going to follow up again in another week and then say, oh, yeah, I'll get to it next time. You don't want to be that person that keeps getting pushed down the road because they know you're going to follow up again. Now, I want to hear from you. Just to recap, these five mistakes are number one, not asking other bands who they prefer to work with. Number two, ignoring an artist's flaky past. Number three, booking venues without any research into how long they've been established or what other bands think. Number four, booking the first show you find because it's the only show you can find. And number five, not following up. Those are all five really huge mistakes that I see artists make all the time and I would love for artists to not make those mistakes anymore but there are so many other mistakes that an artist can make when booking a show or things that can go wrong I want to hear what your top five mistakes for booking shows would be so head on over to the bandhive facebook group you can find it at bandhive.rocks slash group which will automatically redirect you to the facebook group That does it for this episode of the Bandhive Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I do also hope that you will share your top five mistakes for booking shows if you have them, or just say, hey, you know what? We agree. Either way, let us know. Group. Like I mentioned at the start of the episode, this one actually drops on my birthday, so I might not be online a lot. When that thread goes up, But I'm flying to Germany tomorrow if COVID doesn't throw a wrench in the works. So I will have time when I'm on the way to the airport and all that stuff to get back to all your comments and uh, then we'll start that discussion. We'll get in there and start talking about how to book better shows. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back with another brand new episode next Tuesday at 6 a.m. Eastern time right here in your favorite podcast app. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. That really helps us out and make sure that you don't miss out on any of the advice we share every single Tuesday. So again, I hope this episode was helpful for you and you'll hear from us next Tuesday. Until then, I hope you have a great week. Stay safe. And of course, as always, keep rocking. Hey you, yeah you, with the headphones or the speakers. You've made it to the end of the episode. Thank you so much for listening. While I still have you here, if you're not already in the Bandhive Facebook community, it would be great to see you there. We have over 600 hundred like-minded musicians who are asking questions, sharing their experiences and advice, and much more. So if you want to improve your band's business, look no further than the BandHive Facebook community.